one thing I really want to just nail home for people that I still actually really grapple with and I, I think about quite a lot is in the law of one, you know, they say that creator neither blinks at the light nor the dark. And mm-hmm. being very clear, it means that both the negative experience of life, suffering, pain, um, all things that we consider bad in our human experience are just as valuable to the creator as all things we can consider positive. And that is because the intention of us being on earth and the intention of the third density is to experience ourselves as much as possible. And, right. you know, in other things that other literature or things that I've read or watched, there are beings and there are aliens, we would say, that are actually very aliens or spirits or entities or um you know, energetic bodies that are actually not jealous isn't the right word, but in our human capacity, jealous is the right word of us for having so much ability to grow and expand during our experience in our human bodies. Like we are very lucky that we get to have this short amount of time to have so much polarity um, or or so much duality to experience Mm -hmm. ourselves so much. And that really is the creator experiencing itself. Um, And that was something. So how did how were you able to really get around to that concept? Because if you would say to people right now that all the negative things that are happening are in divine alignment with the creator, it seems very different than what is said at like church. Right. So how yeah. do you grapple with that? You can almost paint a picture for people that God wants evil or something like that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's that's coming from a perspective of duality and separation. So when we make the two one, it all starts to make sense. The idea is that without contrast, nothing can be known. So in the universe, nothing can exist without an opposite. So matter needs space, right? Space needs matter. Uh, and in, in the universe, you know, the, like if you, if you want to know what light is, well, you need darkness to know what light is, right? Otherwise, you can never know what light is. And I think the other hang up for that concept is the idea that um, life is, is finite. And, you know, when we die, we die and it's all over. So evil becomes the most important thing and the, the most grievous thing there can ever be. But when you know that you're eternal and infinite and what, you, what your true essence is can't actually be harmed, the only thing that actually gets harmed is the illusion, the maya, the body, the mind, the conception of self. But the eternal soul is eternal. So the way you could look at it is if I am walking into a dark room to explore that dark room, I don't know what's in here, but I want to explore it. Well, as I explore and I walk around, I'm going to bump into things every so often. And that might hurt me to bump into something, but that's how I explore what's in the room and learn about the room. And so you could look at the bumping into things as what we call evil. Uh, In the truest sense, the law of one teaches this and of course of miracles teaches this. There is no such thing as evil. Evil is a conception of the egoic mind or a label of the egoic mind. There is only the truth and the ignorance of the truth or love and the ignorance of love. So what we call evil is actually just someone's own blindness to what's true or, or blindness to reality. It's the belief in separation. When we believe we are ultimately separate from one another, then that means I have to look out for number one, fight to get to the top and so on and so forth. And that's the kind of Darwinian world. And that's the third density world where we get introduced to polarity, uh, service to others, service to self. And we wrestle between those two polarities until our soul gravitates towards one or the other. And that's what, you know, this 
third density universe we're in right now is all about on this planet. Um, you know, those of us, I guess, who aren't wanderers, uh, who are here are making that choice, which Ra calls, um, he calls it the choice, but he says, it is the axis upon which the whole creation turns. Um, so this third density is by far the shortest of the seven densities because the, the catalyst available here, the polarity is extremely intense. In fact, Ra says it's a hundred times more intense than any other density. So it's like a quick, short, intense time of experience where we come here to make our decision. And then whether we choose the path of light or dark, we evolve up that path through the next, you know, four densities, so to speak. Yeah. And it's, so then the two paths are service to others and service to self. Right. right. So, so you leverage, and another important thing I want to talk about is free will and the importance of free will um, within our experience, but just on the point of service to others and service to self, Ra, that's the way Ra explains the choice that we have in the density that we're in, is it, are you going to be in service to others? And in service to others inherently is service to self because we are all one, or mm -hmm. there is like the path of negative, which is service to self. Um, right. And so the point on free will, I think is really important. And I think that's really too, when we think about, you know, the law of one and there being negative polarity, people get so scared about it, but a lot of it's just because of our free will that's choosing to have that experience in itself. Can you talk a little bit about free will? Yeah, free will is, is so uh, important in the law of one. <clears throat> Ra's constantly referring to free will. And what's interesting actually is that a lot of the questions they ask Ra, Ra will say, we can't answer that. That'd be I know. on your free will. <laughs> no, there's like one time, I, I don't know which section I was reading last night. It was like, do you know something about this? And Ra was like, I am Ra, <laughs> Ra I am Ra, yes. <laughs> and they're like, yes. okay. And then they're like, could you tell us about it? And they, Ra's like, no. <laughs> it was like, just so Ra. funny. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, Ra, I am Ra, no. <laughs> and just so you guys know, in the Law of One, because it's a channeled text from Ra, so it's actually just to kind of go back a little bit, it's an, the energetic social memory complex of Ra that's being channeled through this woman. So she's having, you know, the energy come through her voice. It's speaking through her voice, but it's in a much lower tone. And um, the way Ra speaks, because Ra is so intelligent, is, is highly advanced and very particular and very it's very sweet it's very endearing yeah. but it's just like it's very hard to understand what Ra is saying but it's like it just love it like I don't know why but it warmed my heart like seeing someone totally so polite does. it does it warms your heart you're like oh my god you're so polite like the one <laughs> I forget which lesson it was but there was one lesson where they had to end the session for the day so in the channeling because Ra's energy is so powerful when it's going through the woman who is essentially the instrument. It can be exhausting mm -hmm. for her because it's such a high frequency. Right. And so they have to do a certain length of sessions. And on, after the one day session ended on the morning of the next day, Ra was like, Ra basically said that he was thinking about something he said, and he didn't think it was completely accurate and that he wanted to change some of the data around something. Uh -huh, it, yeah. Do you remember that? It was like some yeah. data point. He was like, actually, I checked with the other social memory complex members and that data was incorrect. And it was so mm -hmm. sweet. Yeah. Ra does that a lot, actually. Uh, he'll be like, we correct this instrument and then repeat. Yes. <laughs> it's it's like, it was. it's amazing, but it's, did you listen to it? The actual recording? Mm -hmm. I've, not the whole like law of one, but yeah. I've listened to many of the sessions. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to listen yeah. to. Yeah. And for people that are, 
interested in, um, and I will get back to free will, but for people that are interested in channeling, I think that's another conversation that's really popular right now. In Law of One, at the beginning, they do talk about um, how this experience came to be and then the importance of the in their channeling sessions for Carla, is her name, right? Yeah. For Carla to be able to channel this this vibrational frequency that is so high there had to be very particular things done to her body to the way that she was eating to the room to the the they had sp- certain things in the room correct yeah. like yeah. things had to be put in particular directions <clears throat> it was like very particular to the way in which they could channel this high frequency being yeah ra explains that they had to do he taught them a, a banishing ritual called the circle of one that they would, uh, that Don and Jim would have to walk uh, before every session um, to essentially protect them from too much infringement by negative entities. Because Ra explains that if you're if you're communicating with with positive entities, or if you're just putting a signal out to say, "Hey, we want to channel something," you're going to almost always going to have some negative entities try and infringe on that, and that's their right to do that. And so Ra explains it's your free will to choose to protect yourselves from that infringement because what, <clears throat> what those negative entities will do is they won't be like, hey, we're negative and we're going to recruit you. So here's our philosophy. They're very crafty and they're very uh, tricky. So they'll come in pretending to be a being of light. They'll tell you what you want to hear and then begin sort of distorting things to a service to self path. So Carla would always, uh, one of her routines was to challenge whatever entity was speaking and, and say, I think her, her um, routine was to say, do you confess that Christ is Lord? Mm-hmm. And knowing that that says, represents... Do you, like, do you subscribe to Christ consciousness? There was yeah, something, something about like, like Christ consciousness, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, if they would refuse to say that, she would assume must be a negative entity, not going to communicate. So it's a very delicate process. And in fact, the trance that Carla had to be in was so deep in order to contact Ra that... <clears throat> she was completely not there for the sessions. Like to her, it was like falling asleep and waking up again. Um, this is all in the introduction of the law of one uh, chapter. And so it was actually three weeks into the session. She had no clue what was going on, but she was hearing Dawn and Jim use all these terms that they were learning mind, body, spirit, complex and densities. And she was like, Hey, can I read these transcripts? So they're like, well, let's ask Ra in our next session. So in like session 21, I think, Don asks Ra, hey, can, can we let the instrument read this material? And Ra says, yeah, that's fine. That's, it's not going to be, um, she's not going to dilute the message because she's completely in a trance with us here when we're channeling. So that's, that's perfectly okay. And so they allowed Carla to read it and she was equally blown away. So there's a lot of people on the internet who claim to channel Ra. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's kind of funny because Ra sets out these very strict parameters of like at least three people. Yes. You're not going to do this by yourself. We will only speak with you in the question and answer format because that's, we don't want to infringe on your free will. So we're not here to just be like, Hey, we're going to tell you about the universe. Yep. We want you to ask us what you want to know. And we'll answer according to what we think is or is not an infringement. Yeah. It seems incredibly like powerful. And, and again, like in each session at the end, they would ask, you know, how is the instrument? He would call Carla the instrument and, you know, the instrument is tired. The instrument grows weary, whatever it was, because it was just so exhausting for her. But in, and just on the point of, you know, the negative entity, entity potential to channel, she 
you know, would speak to, to the entity to ensure that it was of Christ consciousness or of like light love. And I always think, I always say of Christ consciousness or of the light love frequency. And right. I think they mentioned in the book too, that if a, a being, an entity is negative, that it doesn't have the ability to say yes, if that's not true. Cause I don't think they, it's not like a lying thing, but they can't lie to you. Right. Or what it, would you it would depolarize them? That's why. Yes. If they, if they affirm a philosophy of the service to others path, they're going to lose polarity. So they're going to try to weasel their way out of that. And especially for the service to self path. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.